0: What's up, Holland Chapel? Uh, My name is Todd. I'm one of the pastors here at Holland Chapel. And you may be saying, hey, wasn't there a different guy up there preaching last Sunday? Uh, Yes. Uh, Rather than one teaching pastor, we have a pastoral team that shares this responsibility. Different messengers, one message. And this Sunday, we are in week three of our four-part series on mission. To be on mission We've got to know our mission. And you can see it in the screen in that little uh, thought bubble there. Our mission is helping people find and follow Jesus. And I would like for you to say that with me on the count of three one, two, three helping people find and follow Jesus. All right. And let's take a moment right now just to celebrate how we've been seeing that. Uh, play out because for real it's not just uh, a phrase but we are seeing God work we're seeing uh, we're seeing this happen just over the last few weeks there have been people in this community that have placed their trust in Jesus some of you have shared that good news with others some of you have family members or friends who have uh, who have found Jesus and so we want to celebrate that and so everybody clap your hands all right, we've been seeing people find Jesus. Uh, the second part of that mission is is helping people uh, find and follow Jesus. And over the last few weeks, we've been seeing that happen. God is working in people's lives. God is working in this church. People have taken steps of faith. People have started serving in ministry. People have joined uh, small groups. Uh, People have been baptized, have said, I'm all in uh, with a church family. Uh, People have taken risks of faith, stepping out of their comfort zone in in obedience and in following Jesus. And we want to celebrate that when we're seeing mission live out. We want to celebrate that. Some of you have been taking those steps. Some of you have family members and friends who have been the ones taking those steps. And so... Everybody clap your hands. That's our mission and how we're doing that together, how we're growing as followers of Jesus together is number one, being present at worship gatherings, uh, which we looked at last Sunday. Number two, connecting with one another, which we're going to focus on today. And number three, serving, which we'll get to next week. So we're on mission together by worshiping, connecting, and serving. Worship, connect, serve. I want you to say that with me on the count of three. One, two, three. Worship, connect, serve. One more time. Worship, connect, serve. All right. Jumping on in, and we said we're going to focus on the connection part today. We are on mission when we connect with one another. The New Testament uh, book of Hebrews. You can go ahead and turn there. If you've got your Bible with you today, the scripture will also be on the screen. We're gonna look at Hebrews chapter 12. We'll pick up reading in verse 1 in just a moment. And as we're reading this, let's think about that. Let's think about that big idea there. We are on mission when we connect with one another. Hebrews chapter 12. Verse 1, therefore, since we are surrounded by such a huge crowd of witnesses to the life of faith, let us strip off every weight that slows us down, especially the sin that so easily trips us up, and let us run with endurance the race God has set before us. We're going to read that one more time, and let's pay special attention to the pronouns here as we read. Therefore, since we are surrounded by such a huge crowd of witnesses to the life of faith, let us strip off every weight that slows us down, especially the sin that so easily trips us up, and let us run with endurance the race God has set before us. A few years ago, a friend of mine opened the only the 2nd nonprofit nonprofit rock climbing gym in the nation, uh, Nesotros. You might see it on the shirt here. Uh, it was named Nesotros because the emphasis at this rock climbing gym is on community and providing a uh, a good climbing community because relationships matter. Uh, They used rock holds to strengthen households. Uh, Nosotros is Spanish for we or us. Emphasis there is that climbing community and climbing together, helping one another, encouraging one another. But this passage of scripture here is not talking about climbing together. It's talking about running together. Thinking about uh, running, it's a great illustration for following Jesus in this life of faith. And we see it here in Hebrews and we see it in other places in the scriptures as well. This, This picture that we get of running a race and how that connects to following Jesus in life. Uh, just last weekend, uh, there were a couple of cross-country banquets across the street at our Family Life Center, a junior high cross-country banquet and then a high school uh, cross-country uh, banquet, and and some of those student-athletes are part of this Holland Chapel Church family. Also, thinking about running, uh, this past week, a Boston Marathon, which that's like the big one uh, when it comes to a marathon uh, running, which is, is is it's running for a long time. But a Boston Marathon legend passed away earlier this week, uh, Dick Hoyt. And here's the thing with Dick Hoyt, he didn't run alone. I love, and maybe you're familiar with this, but I love the inspiring story of Team Hoyt, a father-son racing team. Because of tragedy, Rick, the son, couldn't walk and he couldn't talk at birth. Uh, his parents, they, they, they got him a, a computer program that allowed him to be able to communicate. And when he was in high school, Rick, the son, communicated with his dad uh, that he wanted to participate in a five-mile charity run. His father wasn't really a, an endurance, a, a, a long-distance runner but he was going to do that for his son. And so they placed him in a a running wheelchair and Dick pushed his son, Rick, in that five-mile race. But they didn't stop there. They would go on to compete in over... Here comes a big number. They would go on to compete in over 1,000 races. That is including 72 marathons and 257 triathlons. Dick was the body, and Rick, the son, was the heart. They didn't run alone. They were running together. And when we think about this life of faith, as it's depicted here in Hebrews, we're not running alone. We're not following Jesus alone. We're running the race together. The book of Acts gives us a picture of the early church, this is shortly after Jesus went to the cross, uh, victoriously rose from the dead, and then sent the Holy Spirit, the third person of the Trinity, to empower the church to live this life of faith, to empower the church to run the race. And in Acts, we've, we've, we get a picture and, and, and we read what that early church looked like. And we go to chapter 2, and in verse 42, we read this. All the believers devoted themselves to the apostles' teaching and to fellowship. And we're going to stop right there. All the believers devoted themselves to the apostles' teaching and to fellowship. Uh, the Greek word, the New Testament was originally written in Greek, and the Greek word that's translated fellowship here is koinonia. And when I was thinking about that, and I was saying out loud koinonia because it's a fun word to say, uh, that made me think about cornucopia, and then my mind went to corn dogs, and then I couldn't stop but thinking about county fairs, and I started craving funnel cakes and rodeos, all right, but 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 then, I, I'm, we're working on a sermon here, and so then I had to go back to koinonia, and so let's go back to koinonia here, koinonia means life together, translated fellowship, Um, a a close association, a generosity in sharing, in giving, in participating. Life is hard. We all know that. If you've lived a little bit, you've experienced some tough stuff. Life is hard. (sighs) Every year is hard. Every month is hard. Every week, sometimes every day is hard. We go through storm after storm, but we don't have to do it alone. Following Christ is hard. We fight spiritual battle after battle, but we don't have to do it alone. Imagine you could experience true community a place where you found happiness in really knowing others and being known yourself. Imagine not having to go through this hard life alone, but being part of a church community where you feel you belong. Imagine being surrounded by a group of friends where there was opportunity to participate, opportunity to share, to give, and to receive, and to grow. Imagine having friends who will push you on, who will pick you up, who will fight for you and you for them. Imagine not having to follow Christ alone. Imagine not having to fight those spiritual battles all by yourself, but being part of a church community that is doing life together. The beautiful thing is we imagine that, we think about that, that community, we think about that fellowship, we think about that koinonia, the life together. The beautiful thing about thinking about it is we don't have to just imagine. That's the reality of a church family. When when God rescues a person from themselves and from their sin, when he gives them new life, when a person begins that, 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 that journey of following Jesus, They're not having to do it alone because when we're saved by God's wonderful, amazing grace, we're welcomed into a family where we have brothers and sisters. We're welcomed into Team Jesus where we have teammates who are running the race with us. Sounds good to say, but but what does it really look like to run the race together? How do we connect and experience this koinonia? This life together in a way where it really means something. And we can say, okay, yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. I'm really living that out. I'm really experiencing that. It's not just something uh, up here, but it's something that's being lived out. It's something that I'm participating in. Yeah, I know I'm not running by myself. I know I'm not following Jesus by myself, but I've got people that are pushing me. I've got people that are fighting for me. I've got people that are praying for me. What does it really look like, and how can we experience that? Well, we connect by one-anothering. We connect, we experience this koinonia by one-anothering. In the New Testament, we read a hundred times throughout the New Testament, one another or each other in in different translations. In the Greek word uh, that that comes from is allelon. and shows up uh, throughout the New Testament. And there's four themes of this one-anothering that we see, four big buckets that these, these verses can be placed in. Uh, one theme is unity, all right? Uh, we are to pursue unity or harmony with one another. Another one of these buckets that these verses fall in is, is love. We are to be loving one another. A third theme is humility. We are to be uh, practicing humility towards one another, or servanthood towards one another. And then the fourth theme is encouragement. We're to be encouraging one another. Again, we can read about how we are to have unity with one another, how we're to love one another, how we're to encourage one another, and it it can just be kind of up here, like, yeah, 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 yeah. We need to be doing that. A way to really personalize it and make it like, oh, I need to apply this in my life. I need to be doing this, is when we read these scriptures, when we read each other or one another, insert someone's name there. Uh, You can look to the left and you can look to the right and when we read these, you could say that person's name in place of one another. So think about the people that are sitting around you. Think about the people who are going to be riding home with you today. That's whose names we can put in these blanks. We're thinking about unity and practicing that towards one another, we can turn to Romans 15, 5. Scripture will be on the screen. You can also find it in your hard copy of God's Word, which is useful for teaching, rebuking, correcting, and training, which is living and, and active, sharper than any double-edged sword. The Word of God, which is... Useful in all things following Christ, the word of God which, re, which God has blessed us with to reveal himself and his ways to us. We can turn to Romans 15, 5, and we read, May God, who gives this patience and encouragement, help you live in complete harmony with each other as is fitting for followers of Christ Jesus. Now let's read it again. And when we get to uh, each other, you fill in the blanks in your mind of of who that each other is. Maybe look to the person on your left or the right. Maybe think about who's riding home with you and and just insert their names there. May God, who gives us patience and encouragement, help you live in complete harmony with Tim and Dustin as is fitting for followers of Christ Jesus. We're united in Christ, right? That's, 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 that's that Christ is who unites us. That's why we ha- have a relationship with one another in the family of God, on team Jesus. But how do we pursue this unity so that we're really on the same page, uh, so that we're really for each other? Well, there's going to be times when you could be mean to someone, there's going to be times when, when maybe someone's been harsh with you in your family or, or, or in, 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 in your community, and you could retaliate and be mean to them. Maybe not physically hurt them, but, but you're pretty sharp. You're pretty witty with your words, and you could really cut them down and make them feel about this big. But instead of being mean, you're pursuing unity in your family, in your church community. And so you're going to choose kindness. There's going to be times when someone offends you with their words or by their actions. And you could, you could hold a grudge and you could become bitter. You could. <laughs> We're all susceptible to that. You could. Or you could choose, hey, I'm pursuing unity with Fill in the blanks, so I'm going to choose forgiveness, and I'm going to forgive them. So if we're pursuing unity with each other, we're going to be kind. We're going to be forgiving, and God's Word gives us more instruction on how we can be one-anothering one another. Uh, another theme here is love, where we see these. We can turn to 1 John chapter 4, verse 11. And, and before we read this scripture, what's going on in the, the context of, of this passage here in this letter that's being written to the church is uh, right here around the, the statement we're going to read is is John is describing to the believers and emphasizing to them how much God loves them. He's saying God loves you so much, so 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 much. God loves you so much, and we can think about to the moon, and we can think about to the moon and back, and all of that stuff. God loves you so much that he didn't just sit in heaven and, and be like, oh, I've got, I've got deep emotions for those people. But he sent his one and only son to be the payment for our sin. So that's what's going on in this passage. John is emphasizing God loves us so much, and he's demonstrated that love to us. And then we read in verse 11, Dear friends, since God loved us that much, we surely ought to love each other. Let's read it again. And when we get to each other, you fill in the blanks. Look to the left, look to the right. Think about who's riding home with you. Think about who's in, in, in your community. Think about who you really know. Put their names there. Dear friends, since God loved us that much, sure we surely ought to love Dylan and Keaton. He sent his son to pay for our sin. That's not just emotion that is action. So we don't just have sweet feelings for one, one another. Yeah, 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 we love one another. It's not just ooey-gooey emotions here. It's action. So you say you love. Oh, okay, that's great. Where do I see that love? Where do I see that sacrifice? Where, 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 where? where? Don't, don't tell me you love me. Show me you love me. Who do you love? A third theme that we see in this in this one-anothering, we're to be pursuing unity with one another. We're to be loving, sacrificially, in action, loving one another. And then we're to be practicing humility towards one another. Turn to Ephesians 5.21, and the scripture was read earlier in this worship gathering. Ephesians 5.21. And... Uh, this passage here, actually, my wife and I, uh, several years ago, uh, we we said I do to one another on this on this stage up here, and uh, we were in the in the in the, in the <laughs> well, there were a few things that threw us off in that wedding ceremony. Uh, one thing was the pastor used words. You know, sometimes you like repeat what the, what the 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 pastor says. You know, to one another, and so the the pastor used words that we had never heard before. And so they were big words, and so I, I, I was going first. And I think Debbie, my wife, was like, "Whoo! I'm glad Todd, Todd had to had to, had to go through that first. And so we were repeating words. And then uh, later on in the ceremony, I threw Debbie for another loop uh, because this passage here, Ephesians five, that was read earlier in the in the worship service, uh, uh, is it, 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 uh, that's our passage. Like that's 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 our our our. Verses right here, Ephesians five fifteen through twenty one, and so I threw Debbie for a loop because then I, I quoted these scriptures to her, and and the whole time I'm reading the, or saying the word of God to her, she's over here thinking, "What am I supposed to say to him? Am I do I have to come up with something now? All right, she she's she's going through a wanna Bible verses. Okay, what Bible verses do I have memorized here? But we get humility, Ephesians five twenty one, and the scripture says, and further. Submit to one another out of reverence for Christ. Again, let's read it. When we get to one another, you insert some names there that you know. And further, submit to Johnny and Gail out of reverence for Christ. Here's the problem. I was talking about Debbie, my wife, and I, and... it's not always pretty, you know. We got to work through things uh, in our marriage, you know. We're not always lovey-dovey with one another. And it's mostly because she's selfish. (laughs) And I'm selfish. As human beings, at our core, in the sinful nature, in the flesh, who we are, we are selfish people. We are. We think about what's best for me. we think about what's going to benefit us. we think about uh, uh, about our favorites, our likes. We're selfish. And that's in, in following Jesus that's that's what we, we we fight against. We're talking about pursuing humility uh, you know having humility towards uh, one another. It means, instead of being selfish and thinking about just what benefits me, whether it be in a marriage or in a church community, instead of thinking just about my interests and what I like, my preferences, that means considering the other person. What's going to benefit them? What are their interests? What are their preferences? And we put that above our own desires and wants when we think about this humility and considering others more important than ourselves and what benefits them uh, more than just what benefits us, we also have this idea of, of servanthood. How can I serve someone else? Instead of being served myself, how can I be a servant to others in my family, in my church community? How can I make their life easier? How can I lift their spirits? How can I, can I let their interest, how, how can I help their interests to be fulfilled? We got unity, we got love, we got humility as we're one anothering one another. And then this fourth uh, theme is encouragement. And we can turn to Hebrews chapter 10. So we're back in Hebrews. This is where we began this morning. And in verse 24, we read this Let us think of ways to motivate one another to acts of love and good works. Again, Let's read it again, and when we get to one another, you fill in the blanks. Let us think of ways to motivate Keaton and Constance to acts of love and good works. When we read, let us think of ways, if you're like me, sometimes you're trying to figure out a problem Somebody else is talking to you or they're asking or they're wanting the decision right away and you're trying to figure this out in your head and you you say, "Uh, just hold on, just give me a minute. I've got to think about this. I've got to take time to really process this to figure out what we need to do or or, or what I'm going to do or what decision to make. I've got to think about this. And we read here, let us think of ways to motivate one another to, to love and good works. Let's, let's, let's stop instead of just reading over that and like, yeah, 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 we need to encourage one another, yada, 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 yada. Well, let's take out pen and paper and ponder for a minute and say, how could I encourage and think about those people in your life that are running the race of faith with you? How could I encourage this person? How could I motivate and spur them on towards love and good works Brainstorm some, some ideas, some real, tangible, actual things that you can do. So it's not just up here that we're going to encourage, but it's something you can actually practice and live out. I asked someone, um, a, a friend of mine, uh, why, why is it important in the church that we really connect with, with each other? And he said, I need someone who knows me well and can recognize when I'm slipping up or slowing down. Remember Hebrews 12.1, the passage says, Since we're surrounded by such a huge crowd of witnesses to the life of faith, let us strip off every weight that slows us down, especially the sin that so easily trips us up. So my friend said, I need someone who knows me well and they can recognize when I'm slowing down in pursuing Jesus. They can recognize when I'm when I'm getting tripped up and, and, and help me and, and, and ask me about it. Hey, what's going on? Um, I've got uh, a, a friend and, and sometimes he'll say, hey, Todd, how are you treating your wife? And other times he'll be like, hey, teacup, how you doing with your kids? How you interacting with your kids? Are you spending time with them? Are you being kind to them? Are you losing your patience or your temper with them? We need people who know us well so that they can encourage us when we're slowing down, when we're feeling weighed down. Uh, check out this short video about just that.
1: It begins with openness, the willingness to come alongside someone else, to pour out, care, invest. It's about sharing the journey, doing life, together, growing, forging, becoming. It's about selflessness, caring enough to walk through the valley, even when it's painful to love people as Christ has loved us. It's rejoicing when they rejoice, hurting when they hurt, being a hand, an encourager, a friend. We were not created to wander alone, for as iron sharpens iron, So one person sharpens another.
0: All right, so we're on mission when we connect with one another, and we connect by one anothering. What's your plan to connect? We want to actually do something about this. So what's your plan to connect I'm gonna have to run through uh, a few suggestions, and maybe on one of these, you'll be like, "Oh yeah, 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 I could do that. That would help me to really connect and, in a real tangible way, be running the race with others on Team Jesus." Uh, some of these uh, may may prompt another thought in your mind, and you'd be like, "I could do that." And so, we're gonna walk through these suggestions, these options, pretty quick. But let's pay attention. So what's your plan to connect? Maybe it would be to ask family or friends to identify ways you could better one another with them. Or or another way of of doing that would be ask family or friends to identify ways you could improve your relationship with them. Now here's the deal. If you do this, you're opening yourself up. So you better be ready to not be offended. You better be ready uh, for their response because they may be like, if they're in your family, they may be like, "Well, you know, you could you could not be so serious all the time and, and line up and and have fun with us." Uh, uh, they're going to have something if you sincerely come to them saying, "Please help me. I want to better one another with you. I want to improve our relationship. Can you identify any ways I could do that?" Be ready for a response and receive that. Receive that. Another idea is to participate in an HC group or ministry team. Here at Holland Chapel, uh, we have smaller groups across the board, uh, down in HC Kids right now. They have large group lesson and then they break off into smaller groups to digest and to talk with one another. On Wednesday nights with our student ministry, uh, they have a a large worship gathering and then they break off into small groups to to digest that and and to talk with one another. With adults, we have small groups that meet in in different uh, places at different times throughout the week to be able to talk with one another, digest what we're going through as a a church and how we're growing in our faith. Uh, They they meet in smaller groups uh, to be able to grieve with one another when they're going through something hard, to be able to celebrate with one another when there's something exciting going on in life. They meet in small groups to be able to pray for one another and grow together. Uh, so we've got uh, we've got small groups across the board, and so maybe it's to participate in one and say, you know what, I need to join one of the HC groups. Uh, Thursday nights at Celebrate Recovery. Uh, they have large uh, group worship and then they break off into smaller groups uh, to encourage uh, one another. On Friday mornings, we've got a group of men that meet here at 6 a.m. before they off to work uh, to do a Bible study together to pray for one another to encourage one another. You could jump in on on that. Uh, and There's other small groups and ministry teams where you can plug in so that in, in church, on, on Team Jesus here, that you're the people you're actually running the race with so that there's a, a, a handful of people that know your name, know what's going on in your life, and they can encourage you. And you also, there's a handful of people that you know, and you know their name, you know, you know what's going well in their world, uh, you know uh, what's, what's, what they're struggling with and the storm they're going through. And we want people to have those connections because we don't want anyone thinking that they're running the race alone. We're doing this together. And so participate in an HC group or ministry team. Uh, a third option is to engage with others and really take it up a notch with that. Uh, instead of just uh, sneaking in uh, to one of these worship gatherings and, 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 and then slipping out without speaking to anyone you know, you can kind of come in and you and, and no one uh, knows you were here and, and you're gone. Uh, engage with others. Take it up a notch so maybe it means... Go meet someone. Introduce yourself. Learn their name. Learn what's going on with them. I love uh, making connections with people. So when I find out uh, that 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 two people live in the same area, I cannot wait to go and introduce them uh, to to one another because hey, you've got that connection. Uh, when I discover that 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 that, that a couple people uh, are in the same profession, I can't wait. Like hey, you got to come meet this person because they do they 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 have the same same work uh, type of work as, as you do. I love making those connections, and so engage with those, take it up a notch, uh, meet someone new, ask some questions, tell some stuff about yourself, and make some of those connections. Discover some of those on your own. Another way to engage with others and really take that up a notch is to begin praying for someone else. And so maybe you look to the person on your left or your right, and maybe you don't know them real well, but this week you begin to pray for them. Uh, Philippians one nine through eleven is a great prayer to pray for another believer in Jesus Christ. You can pray that for me every day this week. I'd love it. Uh, Philippians one nine through eleven. So think about your family members. Think about uh, think about the people in the church that you know and pray for them this week. And just read that scripture, Philippians one nine through eleven, and pray that uh, for them. And then a fourth way is to ask someone to sharpen you. Kind of like the video we just saw where iron sharpens iron so one person sharpens another. Ask someone to sharpen you. Uh, the fellow that opened this rock climbing gym in the Sotros, uh, that I told you about earlier, he uh, would get together with a group of guys once a week to go run. And they'd go on a short run. And they came back and they were cooling cooling off and kind of stretching at the end of the run, each week someone would be in the hot seat. So they'd be kind of in the middle of the group of guys as everyone was stretching and cooling down. And the person in the hot seat, uh, they're saying, you know what? Okay, I'll share what's going on in my world. I'll share what I'm struggling with. I'll share how I need your prayers. And so... In other words, they were being held accountable and they had people who were motivating them and encouraging them on. And so to ask someone to sharpen you means like, hey, ask me, ask me how I'm following Jesus. Ask me how I'm interacting with my family. Ask me how I'm doing getting into God's word and how my prayer life is. I want you to hold me accountable to that and help me grow and help me run faster and help me run further for Jesus again you're having to open yourself up you're having to, you're making yourself vulnerable if you step into this but it's worth it because we're not running the race alone we want to be connecting with one another so all this talk about connecting all these different these four different options on on plans that maybe you could you could you could you could, you could take the first step in connecting with each other though is connecting with Jesus Because he is the one who unites us on his team, in his family. And he loved us so much, as we talked about earlier in 1 John 4. He loved you so much that he sent his son to pay for our sin, to be our substitute on the cross. And if we, in response, say, you know what, I believe in Jesus. (laughs) I believe he did what the Bible says he did. And I'm putting my trust in him to forgive me, to give me love, to give me peace, to give me joy. I'm putting my eternity, my life in his hands, and I'm going to rest in him. You can begin that relationship with him, receive that now, and then you begin that relationship with others who are also following Jesus and running that race of faith. I would encourage you to take that first step today above all else. And here at Holland Chapel at our worship gatherings, we want to remind you that there are three ways that you can respond. Uh, because we want to make it simple for you to, to take that next step in following Jesus. Three ways that you can respond. And, and, and first, off, uh, one, one way is uh, today on your way out, if you're here in person, stop by the Connect Corner. And talk with one of our friends there and, and say, I, I want to trust in Jesus. Or I, I, I want to, to, to plug in with some other believers here and really start, really start running with them and connecting with them. They'd be glad to talk with you, to answer any questions you have, to pray with you. Uh, another way that you could respond is through that connect card that's, that's in the seatbacks, And you could just mark any spiritual decisions that you want to make. We're online, you can text CONNECT-HC to 94000. Fill, fill out that CONNECT card online. And, and we cannot wait to get back in touch with you, follow up with you, and, and and help you and encourage you as you're pursuing Jesus. And then the third way that you can respond today is just to, just to take action. Just say, you know what? That's what I need to do. And so I'm gonna do it. And I would encourage you, if you're gonna take action, tell someone else. Say, hey, I'm committing. God has put it on my heart. I've been convicted by the Holy Spirit, encouraged by the Holy Spirit to do this. I'm going to do this. I'm going to participate in a group. Or I'm going to ask someone to sharpen me. Share that with someone else so that they can encourage you in that. It's been good getting into God's Word with you today. As we talk about being on mission together, I'm going to ask you now, if you will, just bow your heads and let's pray together. Father in heaven, thank you, thank you, thank you for loving us so much. And thank you, thank you, thank you for giving us a church family, for putting us in this race with other runners so that we're not having to go through this hard life alone, so that we're not having to follow you and fight spiritual battles alone. But we can be doing it with one another help us here at Holland Chapel help us here at Holland Chapel God to have real koinonia fellowship help us to really be doing life together to not just say it but to be experiencing it God help us to, to sharpen one another help us to push one another on to fight for one another, to pick one another up, to encourage one another. Help us to experience this for your glory because you are worthy. In the name of Jesus, amen.